Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. Here to set you free. And I honestly don't know if America will be able to free itself from our pattern of violent behavior. I was standing in line at the supermarket before the show earlier, the sh- you know, in the day. And uh, Mark Romaldi, my executive producer, called me because we had an entire show planned. And he said, change of plans. There's been another deadly shooting in Oregon. I couldn't talk with Mark about the details. We talked after I got in my car. And I have to tell you, it was the weirdest thing that this happened and it happened today. Because this morning I got an email from the school that my kids go to. My children are a seven-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son. They're both in second grade. And the school that they attend sent out an email this morning saying, at 12 p.m. Pacific, we are going to be sending out an emergency broadcast test. We will call you, we will text you, and we will email you And we need you to verify that you have received this for any emergencies in the future. Well, first to think that there are so many schools now, whether they're elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, universities, colleges, that are having to put together a just-in-case somebody who might be psycho comes with a gun or is angry, or has some grievance, or wants to die and take as many people with them as he or she can. Usually he, unfortunately, that's been the case. We need to have precautions in place so that we can notify all of you to get your asses to the school and hope your kid is not the one being zipped up in the body bag. We look at Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, We talk about other countries, other nations being barbaric. But we don't want to look in the mirror and we don't want to look within. I know people say we shouldn't make this about politics, and I agree. The fact that America is more violent than most other industrialized nations, if not all other industrialized nations in the world, is a fact. 
The fact that we have more gun owners than all of those nations is also a fact. The fact we don't address mental illness as they do in Germany or in France is a fact, or the UK. And the fact that we don't admit we have a problem. What's the first thing they do in those meetings, N-A-A-A? You stand up and you say, hi, my name is such and such, and I am a what? Alcoholic, drug addict, wife beater, gambler, overeater. You have to admit you have a problem, and once it's identified, you can work to overcome it, to recover. I don't think we're going to stop turning on the radio, the television, our computers, our smartphones, or wherever you get your news. And I don't think we're going to stop hearing things like today, shooting in Oregon, reports of 13 dead at Umpqua Community College. Until we admit we have a problem and start to address those problems. A lot of those problems require funding and a lot of that has to go through a political legislative process. So this is political to a degree or it becomes political or we have no choice but to look to our politicians to help us. As a mother, as a human being, as somebody who is tired of hearing about other people having to bury their children who were just going to school to get an education for crying out loud. And even though I'm one of the talking heads on television, can we just put all the BS aside, please? Nobody is trying to take away anybody's Second Amendment right. Nobody is trying to take away your guns. We are simply saying, we are crying, we are screaming, we are begging. Be a responsible gun owner. Lock up your guns. Be a responsible gun dealer. Do not give guns to people that may have a mental illness. And I'm sorry, people, but there are times we just look at a photo of somebody like the gentleman, Mr. Holmes, in Aurora, Colorado, and you can tell that guy is seven to which ways till crazy. You can tell when somebody's smoking crack, can't you? I can. I can tell when somebody's a crack addict just by looking at them, their eyes, the way they're weird. It's okay to wait. You need that one sale that bad? Tell that to the person who just buried their kid. Whether it's in Aurora, Colorado. Whether it's at Virginia Tech. Whether it's in Tennessee. Whether it is in Newtown. At an elementary school in Connecticut. Whether it's in Columbine. I mean, the list goes on. I I can't even rattle them off. There's so many now. Not that they're ever forgotten. But it's becoming an everyday thing. So let's look at realities and let's look at what we do know, okay? The man authorities believe opened fire at Oregon's Umpqua Community College today is dead, according to the Douglas County Sheriff John Hanlon. He has confirmed that with reporters. There have been no injuries to police officers. Preliminary information now is indicating that 10 people were killed. More than 20 were injured in that shooting, and that's according to the Oregon State Police Department spokesperson. The suspect was a 20-year-old male, 20-year-old man, and that's according to the governor of Oregon, Kate Brown. Investigators are examining social media postings they believe were made by this suspect 
according to a source with knowledge of the investigation. Now, I heard on CNN before I came on the air, and I'm going to share with some different things. I heard that he had some kind of a manifesto that he wrote online. He even wrote of his alleged intention to do this, I had heard. I heard it was the ramblings of a crazy person. Uh, We have also been told uh, via my producers um, uh, that CNN has reported, I believe it was from uh, CNN, um, uh, one of the witnesses said the gunman asked about religion. Her name is Courtney Moore. She's 18 from Rogue River, Oregon. She was in her writing class at Snyder Hall. She heard a shot coming through the window, and she said she watched as her teacher was shot in the head. The gunman was inside the building at that point, she said, and was ordering people to get to the ground. She said the man asked people to stand up and state their religion, and then he began firing. She said she was on the floor with people who had been shot. It wouldn't seem, based on her teacher being shot in the head, that this person who had shot others without asking this question, so far as we know, that this was the motive. This could be part of the crazy. This could be a fanatical thing. We don't know. We're going to find out more. We now have new information that the 10 has risen to 13 dead, one of those dead is the shooter. And remember, that 21-year-old has a family, too. It is too late when I am talking to you about a story like this for us to say, should have had universal background checks. It is too late when I am talking to you about a story like this, should have locked that gun up and kept it separate from its ammunition. Too late to say, shouldn't have had the kids know where the guns are and how to access it. Too late to say, I know my kid had some, so, something wrong, but I was too damn busy working to pay for my BMW and my 60-inch television set and my additional Netflix upgrade to spend time with my kid to figure out what the hell was wrong and to take him or her to a doctor. And to get them the help they need. Too late to look back and say, damn, I should have not given so much of a crap about the negative stigma attached to my kid having a mental illness and worried that it would be on his resume and his record for the rest of his life. And as a society, too uncomfortable with somebody who we don't view as normal or okay. And because it's not in our backyard, it's not our problem until it becomes our problem and it's right there in our front yard and it becomes our kids being zipped up in body bags who are going to be buried this week in their teens and their 20s. There's no excuse for this. There's absolutely no excuse for this. Gun control does not equal gun banning. Gun control does not equal taking away the Second Amendment right. Mental illness does not mean that there isn't a spectrum as there is. Mental illness should not be a stigma that we place on people and and feel that they never can be productive members of society because that's just not true. Mental illness is not something we can just write a script for, throw a pill at, or just throw somebody in therapy. Different things work for different people and it takes time. And that's something our schools, that's something our parent, that we as parents, that's something our society and certainly our politicians are not giving these individuals. And that is disgusting, America. 
because the victims of our selfishness, the victims of our greed, the victims of our inability to accept reality when it comes to guns, when it comes to mental illness, when it comes to violence, to what our children are watching, what Hollywood is producing, is putting more American children in graves long before they should die. No parent should bury their child. It's not the natural order of things. Sure, there are crappy things, illnesses, tsunamis. But this is something we can control. You know what I'm saying? We can control with with Mother Nature certain things. I mean, hey, build buildings in a certain manner, live in a certain area, have some kind of warning system, have an idea with science, you know, what, you know what's happening with the erosion of the Earth's floor that's leading to so many increases in tsunamis. Yeah, we got that. With, 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 with cancer, for example, you can put money into it, into research, into finding a cure, or how do we prolong people's lives. But mental illness, what do we do with that? Every time there's a shooting, it comes down to what? Well, guns don't kill, people do. Well, you know, people with mental illness shouldn't have a gun because people with mental illness who have a gun may be more apt to kill and shouldn't have the gun and shouldn't have such easy access to the gun. First thing everybody thinks is, go be a terrorist, go be a terrorist attack. It is terrorism. Allowing anybody to have such easy access to a gun is terrifying and terrorism to our children. Ignoring mental illness and not putting money, caring more about defunding Planned Parenthood than funding medical opportunities to improve the mental well-being of our nation on the whole. To make it harder to obtain a gun. I'm not an idiot. I know even if we banned all guns, there's still going to be shootings like this. I'm not an idiot. And I'm not advocating that. I'm simply saying Enough is enough is enough is enough is enough. How many times do we have to bury our children before we as a nation say, all right, enough of this crap. No left, no right, no Democrat, no Republican, no NRA bumper sticker on my ass is going to stop me from protecting your kid and mine today. Not tomorrow, today. We have a problem, America. We need to wake up. We need to stop this obsession with guns, this obsession with violence. We need to be careful about what our children see, what our children hear, what our children read. We need to take time with our kids, and we need to pay attention to those families and friends who need help and get them that help. And we as a nation need to say, I'm willing to put a buck in to pay for this help. Shame on all of us. We're all responsible. Blood's on all of our hands, all of us. Voters, politicians, those of us who don't have damn time. I'm guilty, just like all of you. Pick up the phone to join me. I want you to be honest. What initially went through your mind when you heard about yet another mass shooting? I thought, oh, my God. I hope that I never get that call from my school, from my kids. Oh, my God, those poor people, those poor parents. Oh, my God, who was the shooter? Is, is it terrorism? Is he Muslim? Honestly. Oh, my God. I bet you he was cuckoo. And another one bites the dust. What initially went through your mind when you heard about this, another mass shooting? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Has the initial shock faded for you over the years? The initial shock hasn't faded for me. 
but the anger has increased. Has the initial shock faded for you over the years? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. 13 people are now confirmed dead, 20 injured. Would someone be able to do this with a pistol? Or does this number indicate an assault weapon? And do we need to do something about the type of weaponry who has access and the ease of the access to this type of weaponry. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, if someone opposes universal background checks on gun owners, are they morally an accomplice to these mass murders? They're happening, it seems, almost every month. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Break, back to you after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome, welcome back. We are talking about yet another mass shooting in Oregon. Reports of 13 dead at Umpqua Community College, more than 20 injured. No police have been injured or killed, and they did kill uh, the police officers. The shooter is one of the 13 dead. Four guns have been recovered at the scene. Let's go to your calls. A lot of people reacting to this today, uh, as uh, expected. Uh, Let's start out with Scott in Ithaca, Line 3. Scott, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Leslie. Uh, great show. Um, I am a former, uh, I was held up by in, in an armed robbery in the past, and I have empathy for this whole issue. Um, and I have a daughter in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in junior college. <clears throat> um, I just think that uh, more people, more family and friends need to recognize the signals that, that are present in people that do this. They could short-circuit these kind of things from happening. I agree. You say that, and I can hear I can hear the emotion, you know, in your voice. And thank you for being candid. That's not, that, that's not easy. Do you assume that this person had a mental condition, uh, apparently uh, some kind of manifesto that he wrote and some other things that he wrote about uh, online that we have not been privy to what those are, uh, seem like the ramblings of a madman from those who are familiar with them or have seen or heard and seen bits and pieces? I think it's common. Um, I think it's it's not always the case. There was a, a case, I think it was out in California, and I'm involved with that every town uh, group right now. Um, in that case, uh, there was no signs on social media, and, and it made it more difficult for people to, to recognize there was a problem with this, this particular kid. In this case, there had to be some kind of sign somewhere along the way with either friends, family, People that do online gaming. Like you said, be careful of the warning signs. We're going to take a break. I know you have a meeting. If you can stay with us, we'll come back to you. If not, thank you for your call. Call us again. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Leslie Marshall here on the Leslie Marshall Show. I know you've heard me talk about Super Beats, the circulation superfood. I drink it every day. And, you know, I love hearing from my listeners who have tried it. Russ says on Twitter, it works. I feel better. I have more energy. I'm getting more done. 
Mary on Twitter said she's placed her second order. And then another guy named Mark on, not my Mark, another Mark, um, has actually sent me an email says, Leslie, I'm putting it in my protein shake every day, and you were right. 20 minutes, more energy, more stamina for the whole day. Superbeats makes a difference. So it's time for you to try and get your free canister. Free, I said. That's 30-day supply free, by the way. Superbeats loaded with vegetable dietary nitrates that will boost your nitric oxide levels. That'll equal an increase in energy and stamina, and you won't have those stimulants. No shakes. Dietary nitrates are incredible for supporting healthy blood pressure, too. Plus, Superbeats now comes in black cherry flavor. It tastes awesome, and if you think taste was the thing that was holding you back, no excuses, my friend. I feel so confident offering this to you because my listeners are part of my family and it's important to me i take super beats every day benefit from it health wise and i want you to as well i asked the super beats folks what can you do for my people the leslie marshall show listeners over the next few weeks they said if you the leslie marshall show family listeners go to leslielovesbeats.com click the order button next to my picture or call 800-305-6011 when you place your order you'll automatically get a free Super Beats canister that's an extra 30-day supply, not just a pretty container. A free Beat the Odds book and free shipping and handling. Awesome, right? All you have to do is call within the next few weeks. But why wait? I procrastinate all the time. Do it now. Remember, go to LeslieLovesBeats.com. Click the order button next to my picture before it all ends, folks. Go now to LeslieLovesBeats.com or call 800-305-6011. That number again is 800-305-6011. We are talking about the shooting in Oregon, and we are going to go to your calls. I want to give you uh, a recap uh, on uh, the latest, and this is Pacific time that I'm giving you. At 11.31 this morning, uh, just a few hours ago, nine agents with the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, seven from Portland, two from Eugene, raced to the scene, were en route when a supervisor was reached at 11.29. At 11.38, the Douglas County dispatchers say a suspect was detained. They could not confirm at that time how many people were wounded. And according to dispatchers at the Oregon State Police Scanner, two people at that time were dead, 11 transported to hospitals, one on life flight, another waiting for a life flight. At 11.57, Eugene's KVAL reported... Uh, I'm sorry, they they just, uh, their site, they must be updating it, uh, went uh, down. Let me see what I have here. Uh, let, me, let me give you the latest. Uh, what are they doing? I hate when this happens. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, we, well, we'll go back uh, to your calls. I, I don't know why we have uh, um, two uh, different sites. I'm, I'm using a number of sites, but uh, two sites that have that timeline. Uh, one was ABC. Uh, one was another local uh, outlet in uh, Oregon. We'll go back to that in a moment. We have some uh, updates here. Um, uh, according uh, according to uh, CNN, according to CNN, it, this is very chilling. Investigators are now looking at an online conversation that occurred last night between and before the shooting spree, between a person they believed to be the gunman and others who were involved in this discussion on the Internet, okay? There was a discussion over a threat of this happening. Uh, on CNN, Deborah Feyerick reported that the writer, who the police believe and investigators believe to be the shooter, talked about planning to carry out a shooting. And rather than report to authorities or try and discourage him, others were egging him on. They even suggested how to do it and the type of weapons to use. 
The responses are mixed. Some called him a loser. Other called him a twisted hero. The conversations referenced the shooting that took place near the University of California, Santa Barbara. That man, as you know, wrote the manifesto, left a video a year ago. Definitely cray-cray. One participant in the chat tells the would-be gunman not to do it. And this is what the would-be gunman wrote, quote, This is the only time I'll ever be in the news. I'm so insignificant. Now, if this is the the alleged gunman, there are people out there who had the opportunity to notify authorities, notify their parents, and and, and try and, and stop, prevent what could happen. Instead, there are people laughing about it, egging them on, telling them how to do it, what to use. Or telling him how significant he was. Could this guy have done this for 15 seconds of fame? 13 dead, himself included. 13 mothers and fathers that are going to have to, or mothers and mothers, fathers and fathers, parents who are going to have to bury their children. Let's go to the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Um, do we still have our uh, caller from uh, before? I know he had a meeting to go to. He had to go, so let's continue uh, with the calls. And let's go next to St. Louis on line two. Jim... Uh, G- uh, G- Okay, uh, George and Ithaca, line four is next. George, uh, good afternoon. Sorry about that. We have callers uh, calling, moving around, hanging up. So uh, good good to have you with us. Thank you, George. Sure, sure. What do you have to say, George? Hi. Uh, no, Leslie, listen, I, I've gone from a place of indignation to outright disgust a long time ago, but now it's just plain fear. If it wasn't bad enough, it was once every other month or every other year, and now every other month, or even every other week. Um, I'm not willing to accede to the Second Amendment right to have a gun. I'm just not. I, I, I know they shouldn't necessarily be illegal, but still, and in a society, this, I don't know, just so much volatility these things need to be taken down as perhaps, you know, uh, a right to have just as you have a driver's license as opposed to a right within the Constitution itself. Wow. Uh, well, I, I think a lot of people would share that sentiment. Of course, there are those that wouldn't appreciate your call. Any Anything else you want to share with us, George? Well, yeah, no. I, every once in a while I get to pop... In with this Fifth Amendment um, convention that the founders gave us to what is more commonly known as the Constitutional Convention, with 29 legislatures having passed of the 34 necessary, we could actually bring to Congress these terms instead of just trying to negotiate for, you know, uh, uh, licensing and so forth. Whether it's a right or not, just simply by the two-thirds majority required uh, by Congress constitutionally under an Article 5 convention to review the entirety of our Constitution. Okay. Thank you, George, and thank you for your uh, participation in the program today. Let's go to Massachusetts on line two with John. Oh, John's on line three. Forgive me. John, good afternoon. Good Leslie. Uh, yeah, just listening to you. Good show, always is. Um, and what George was just saying, piggybacking on that and everything else you've been saying, Talking about like mental illness, 
it really is starting to seem like there's a collective mental illness here. I mean, I, I'm not from America originally, but I've been here for 30 years plus. So there's many things I love about this country. The one thing that I just can't understand is this fetishistic obsession with guns. I was uh, I play I play music with a band. We recently did a show, uh, just two of us, like a duo at a small gathering. And they seemed like really normal people. And somehow the conversation after the, the, the performance came up about guns, and I was, so I guess I was spouting up a little bit about how I really don't like guns and so on and so forth. And this woman who seemed perfectly normal was telling me how she would never leave her home without her gun in her purse. This is in Massachusetts, which has got some of the strictest gun laws, but she had a, a concealed carry license. Now, I'm not saying she's one of the people that are going to do something like this, but I was just shocked that this this person felt they couldn't leave their house without a gun. We have some form of collective mental illness if we believe we've got to carry a gun with us everywhere we go. Uh, I knew a, a guy I worked with who, when he was in college in Worcester, Mass, had a uh, concealed permit, a weapon permit, and he would take it to school with him. And when he first told me, I thought he was joking, I sort of was smirking. He goes, no, I'm, I'm serious. I took a gun with me to school every day, to college. And I'm just, I'm just gobsmacked by this. It's, it's like a fetish, a gun fetish that's rampant. I think that's kind of what George was saying. No, no. So people, so people understand. Where I, I think I know, but where are you originally from? I'm from Northern England. Which I, let me just say, you know, England is a violent country. People are violent wherever you go. England, I swear, if guns were accessible in England, there'd be a lot of dead people in England. Guns are hard to get there. Oh, okay, so that that's very key. So you do think that the it's not just a mentality, but when you when you have the recipe or the equation, the mentality, and couple that with the fact that we have such ease and also that the mentality is very much a part of our society, uh, that's a huge difference between the United States and the U.K. Americans would go crazy the, the way it is in the U.K. My best friend lives in the U.K. Her husband's American. He has a gun collection, no bullets. It's They're, they're very like Civil War guns and things like that that he inherited from his grandfather. And he they come to your house, right? They come to your house. They interview you. There's background check. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean uh, seriously, I mean, except for a proctology exam, Americans would go crazy at the level of invasion uh, that they have in other countries like the U.K. for somebody to have a gun in their home. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in, a, in an area, a rural area in the north of England, where far, the only people that had guns were, were farmers who could get them for pest control, you know, and, and hunting and things like that. And to get, for a farmer to get a, a shotgun required multiple, you know, forms to be filled out, visits from the police, this kind of thing. And no one really blinked at it because, People sort of recognize that, you know, the, the dangerous things, <laughs> guns are very dangerous and they're very easy to use. That's what I meant when I was referring to, the, you know, England. England is a violent country. Like most countries, people are violent. And, and um, it, you know, I've been in many situations. I used to live in Liverpool, which has kind of got a reputation for violence. If, if guns had been available on, on many nights when I was out and about in Liverpool, I can't imagine what would have happened because, you know, he's bad enough with fists and beer bottles and beer glasses, but you introduce guns into this, this this human species, and, you know, it makes killing and maiming people all too easy. If you're going to go beat someone with your fist, you're gonna, you know, it's not that easy. But if you pull a trigger from 20, 30 feet away, there's nothing easier. 
and it's just insane to me. It's insane that, that there's such access, as you were just saying, that there's easy access. And it's not just Americans. I'm not, I'm not, like I say, it's anybody. If guns are made that easy, easily available, it's just it's a recipe, as you said, a recipe for disaster and mayhem. And we're seeing it, as, you, you know, as you've been pointing out. We're seeing it over and over and over. And like the woman I told you I met who wouldn't leave her home without a, pur- a gun in her purse, living in, in western Massachusetts, like, what kind of a mentality is that? I don't, I don't understand it. All right. Thank you uh, very much uh, for the contribution, and I appreciate the compliment and look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. More calls. Don't go away, and we'll bring you any more information as we get it uh, regarding, once again, in America, another deadly shooting spree. And this time, this could have been prevented by the reports we're hearing due to an online chat last night. How disgusting, right? We'll be back. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. We go to line four in New Mexico with Joanne. Joanne, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Oh, Leslie, thank you so much for taking my call. I've um, been listening to you for a couple of years now, and something you said earlier when uh, you said that we're all at fault, we're all culpable for the tragedies that seem to be happening more frequently. And I'll tell you, you know, my daughter. We had to go find her. She had a gun. She was going to do herself in. I lost a son-in-law to self-inflicted gunshot wound. He came back from Afghan. And uh, our young people are, are hurting. And you know, you have kids, and my kids always knew when things weren't going right in the household. Our children are so sensitive to all this violence and this hate language. Um, I really wonder... And I think the bigger question is, what has happened to the soul of our country? I, that You're right, that people will walk over someone who's lying in the street, uh, where we've got people everywhere, and where I live in Las Cruces, we have a lot of people begging here. We have a huge tent city. I mean, we have so many issues just here at home that have nothing to do with the war across the sea and in the Middle East, but have to do right here in our own communities and uh, it's okay to have people living in tents. It's okay to have vagrancy uh, people who are sick and need help uh, begging every day. And it's, it seems to be okay that our kids are killing themselves and killing each other just to be noticed. Because apparently this, this young person felt so invisible, he was screaming out. And he took a bunch of innocent lives with him. And you're right. And Next week, it'll be, an, you know, oh, well, that happened again. Uh, somebody else called in 
an earlier show saying, oh, we're treating it like, oh, there's a hurricane coming. Oh, the hurricane, and so many people died again. Oh, well, you know, this happens here now. And uh, I just wanted to share that I agree. We need to, as a community, as a nation, come together and and pay attention to our kids. I mean, um, a lot of people wanted me to kick my daughter out of the house. She had some issues with addiction. And she needed to go to the street, and, you know, I didn't. I stood by her, and we saw it through, and she's alive today. I was going you know, to ask you, I, I, you know what, I'm so I'm going to cry hearing that because I'm so glad you said that. I was afraid to ask you with the way you opened. And um, so what you're saying is you took the time, you recognize it's a problem, you took the time, you didn't pass the buck to somebody else or or, or deny there was a problem. You took action, and, and, and she's alive today. Is she Is she a, a productive member of society? or, or I mean, she's yes. alive. yes. Uh, I mean, first of all, that's awesome. Yeah, she has a full-time job. She's taking care of herself. You know, I, I can't say that for her, my son-in-law, but he came back from Afghan, and his only way out was to. Um, and and there's another thing. There's another thing. That stigma of mental illness associated with post-traumatic stress syndrome uh, for our military, especially our vets who return from service, they should not feel ashamed to say, look, you go overseas and you see things most of us will never see in our lifetime. You deserve that treatment. You deserve that medication, that counseling, or both. And there should not be a negative stigma attached to that. That's right. And that person that's lying in the street, sleeping in our streets, we need to, this person needs help, you know. So they need a handout. They need their the people in their community and their neighborhood. It, it's that close. It's really that close to us. My husband and I are figuring, what can we do? We can only do with one person at a time for us. We're not wealthy. But if we all together as a nation stop the bickering and the fighting and, and serve each other with care, with the golden rule, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I wanted to share with you, and I. It's uh, it's another terrible, terrible thing that's happened to us, and I don't know when we're all going to wake up. But thanks for talking and being there for us, and and uh, you know, and getting us to confront this issue with ourselves and with each other. Thanks well, th- a lot. Thank you, Joanne. I I really do feel we are that village. It's going to take a village, all of us in this village, to do something to prevent the next one. Thank you, Joanne. Let's go to Michael in the Bronx. Uh, Michael is on line one. Michael, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. When I first heard about this, I said, here we go again. And let me ask the NRA something, because they're just as much responsible for this. So is it still work for you saying that... The only the way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, which is so lazy ass excuse that you don't want background checks, you don't want um, gun safety reform, you don't want even talk on safety instruction for people that want to get a gun. How many people are being educated and tutored about proper gun safety? You, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And Leslie, you said something that I tend to disagree with you a bit. You said that we're all to blame, right? I don't think we are all to blame. Oh, you I do. Oh, no, no, I no, I do. I really do. I understand where I'm going with this, Leslie. You speak out against this madness. I speak out against this madness, and so have a host of other people that have called your show. I don't hear anybody egging this kind of violence on that called your show. I don't, 
Uh, There's a big difference between egging on and not lobbying enough to get legislation passed or not spending enough time with our kids or not recognizing that somebody has a problem and attending to it. You know, it's very uh, this is a multifaceted problem. It will take a multifaceted approach to uh, not just heal our nation, but prevent more lives especially children's lives from being taken. I thank you for being uh, with me today. I'm Leslie Marshall. Uh, my great producers are Marky Marcomaldi and Andrew Tomedy. And all of you are the reason we do this every day because we definitely feel a part of a family with all of you. Thank you for that.